Curious. You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno. Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day Cephalon Collective and welcome to episode 72 of Cephalon Squared. My name is Cephalon Greg and I'm joined by Cephalon Lucas. How are you doing this evening? Sweaty. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Hot and sweaty. It is It is nasty, nasty weather here at the moment. Um, we we're supposed to get a storm today, but that was like five minutes of rain and then it was gone. Yay! <laughs> I think we had it down here in Melbourne. <laughs> um, it is officially mm. summer now, so there you go. Shit, it is too. Well, damn. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyways, it is currently 24 degrees Celsius here in Ipswich with a 79% humidity. It's nasty. It is. That's 76 degrees Fahrenheit at 7... 7 p.m. For you and up here, down here in Melbourne, it's 8 p.m. And it's only 16 degrees, which is 50 degrees Fahrenheit and 54% humidity. So it's actually really comfortable. It was raining like a biatch earlier today. Just a weird day. It's Melbourne. Hooray for me, and less hooray for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, what'd you get up to in Cephalon this week? In Cephalon? In Cephalon. Yeah, yeah, definitely in Cephalon. Um, oh, well, in Cephalon, I did many things. The most memorable of all would have to have been the accomplishing of the first ever Patreon challenge <laughs> issued by Sula. Indeed. 100,000 alloy plate, and I did it. I did it. It only took me... Four, five hours? I, f I don't know. Approximately five hours. Too damn long. But <laughs> I did it. It was, it was, a, it was a, a, a farm from zero to 100,000. It wasn't collect a total of. No, it was I had to go and get exactly that amount. It was a pain in the ass. Yeah, I, I started with 133,000, so I didn't need to collect a total of 100,000. Yeah. <laughs> but I think by the time you ducked out, you were at about sixty to 70,000. Yeah, probably about 65-ish. Yeah. Yes. So that was that was a thing. On that note, so if you are wondering why Tsula got to give us a challenge, that is our highest tier of patronage. If you go for the become, become as gods tier, then you get to give us a challenge every month that you are under that tier. So we will be changing the wording, though. <laughs> oh, yes. Because we can't do five-hour challenges every time. Uh, in fact, we will be making it so that it's somewhere around the three-hour mark, which is a comfortable stream for us. Or just anything else you want us to, to do that's not time-based. Anyway, back to what you were saying. I've forgotten. <laughs> probably wasn't that important. Yeah, probably not. Other games you played? Not really any other games. It's mostly mostly been Warframe this week. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't. I've been. I've had a really busy week. It's the end of the year, which is among the busiest in sales. So it's just been nuts for me. And I am reviewing Shenmue Three, so that's taking up a bit of my time. And of course, playing Warframe, which is wunderbar. And I did get my Railjack this week. Yay! Woo! So that's been fun, and I look forward to being able to talk about that at some point in the future when everyone's got it. But we'll have to wait, I guess. All right, so that's, I guess, it for the intro stuff. Now, before we get into the news, I will say this. This is a little bit of a different episode. 
If you've been paying attention over the last few weeks, you'll know that we have an interview tonight, and tonight we have an interview with Lucas Schooneman, who is the voice of Nefanyo and Till Rigor, and we decided to, because he's such a fun guy and an interesting guy, uh, it's quite a long interview, so we decided to skip the beginner and advanced topics this week, but the interview is really, really good. He's an interesting guy. He's got a lot of stories to tell, and he doesn't mind dropping the voices. I'll, I'll give you that. So, yes. With that said, let's head on into the news. Okie dokie, do you want me to start? I think I'll start. Go on. I'm going to start. Tactical Potatoes shared all the resources needed to build your rail deck. Rail jack. Rail deck. Uh, We'll also share the link in the show notes, so look forward to that. It will be there, and you can view it at your own discretion. Exactly. So last week, in the beginner topic, we talked about all the resources you need to build the dry dock and cephalon psi. Well, this will help you build your railjack, and when you see it, your jaw will hit the floor, so prepare. Bring a jaw sling. All right, Steve Sinclair shared a whole bunch of new war videos and images this week, which made a lot of people think, hey, hang on, why is he working on the new war and not Empyrean? Some people are thinking that, given some of the things that Cephalon Psy says in the Rising Tide quest, no spoilers that Empyrean and New War may come out alongside each other. I don't necessarily think that's definitely the case, and Steve can work on whatever the hell he needs to work on. Perhaps Empyrean just needs some coding work that Steve doesn't need to work on, and he's working on some other stuff. Mm. Who knows? But it is interesting that he was sharing a lot of New War videos. I mean, go back to uh, a few months ago uh, during one of the dev streams, they did say that uh, New War would essentially be part three of Imperium. Did they? I don't remember them saying that. Cause I remember was, they was, said part two of Imperium was flight and part yeah, three take would flight, be... And then part three was, um, I'm pretty sure they said part three was like New War or something along those lines. It basically got gave off a, a sentient um, feel to it. Possibly, possibly. So yeah, maybe that's maybe that's it. It is the third part of Empyrean. So still, if it is the third part, probably not this year. <laughs> but it was still interesting, and the pictures are amazing. Look them up. Yeah. And don't forget to nominate Warframe for the Labor of Love Award on Steam. The link is also going to be in the show notes, and we all know that DE deserves it. Because they just they just keep pouring in the love to this game. Yeah, and I, th- I saw when they shared it on Twitter, there was a whole bunch of people, and I mean a whole bunch of people, lots and lots of people said, no, you don't deserve it this year, because I haven't enjoyed the game as much. And it's like, that's a really selfish point of view. That's, that's pretty fucking rude. You've got to look at, I mean, you've got to give the award to someone, fair enough. And I think one of the others that's up for it is Path of Exile. And to be honest, if you play both of those games, maybe you might want to give it to Path of Exile. Fair enough. But there's no need to be rude about it, in my opinion. D does what they can. And yes, they can't do everything that the community expects or asks of them. But people just expect expect a bit too much, I think. Yeah. Demand, demand, demand. Calm down. I mean, mean, last year was probably one of the biggest um, content droughts we've had in Warframe yet. For some reason, this year, we're getting more complaints from the community. Yeah. Because hmm. they're not getting specific things that they want. Makes many sentence. Yeah. But anyway, that's uh, that's just what I wanted to say on that one. Next one is that the Lich Trading update has been submitted to CERT for Xbox and PS4. So you will be getting the Crimson Branch real soon, probably this week. And as a separate note to Switch users, there was an update to the CERT that they supplied. So... 
if or when you finally get the old blood, it will be up to date and on par with Xbox and PS4. So that's pretty cool. In addition, as an apology for Switch update delay, alerts for Ash and Vorbin Prime blueprints have been added for the weekend. Yes, and they're going to give you a whole bunch of other stuff as well. So Yeah. It's a tricky one, though. It's a real tricky one, so I hope they figure it out soon. And lastly, DE made a 10k donation to Movember for all of the mustaches worn during November. Yay. Uh, I don't actually know how it works. Maybe they were always just going to be giving them a $10,000 donation. I mean, I don't think there was, like, a, a counter towards the number of mustaches worn equals the amount of money donated. Oh, not, nothing that we could have seen, at least, anyway. Yeah. Maybe it was, like, a a dollar for every mustache purchased? Because mm. they'd, they'd be able to check those things. They would, but it's a very very round number. And also, it's a pretty mm. low number. <laughs> 10,000. 10, yeah. not, not a low number in terms of a donation. You know, a $10,000 donation is, is pretty significant, but a low number in terms of the amount of players there are that would have just thrown out a single credit for a mustache for shits and giggles. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows? Anyway, kudos to D. <laughs> Yay. Good job. Done did good. You did. Okay. Now, the last piece of Ba-ba. news is less good. And it is an apology on our behalf. So, for the last three or four months, we've been running a Captura competition with the aim of using that Captura in a calendar uh, that we would make available to the community at large. However, when I went to DE for final approval, showed them all the images and said, hey, as we discussed earlier this year, we've been planning to make a calendar. Here are the images we want to put in the calendar, and this is how we plan on doing it. They came back to us and said, unfortunately, you can't sell screenshots, which makes perfect sense. We hadn't even thought of it. So specifically, you can't sell screenshots for profit. And I thought, okay, well, what about if I just make it so that we don't make anything from the sale? So it's just the cost of the the calendar. But in the end, the website that's making them makes profit. So... It's one of those things where they were just like, yeah, probably best you don't do it. You can make them and give them away to people. They're actually quite expensive. So we don't know what we're going to do. What I am going to do instead, and I know it's not as good as having a cool calendar to put on your wall, I am going to put up the images on the website. So I'll put up all of the entries as well as the winning entries on a special page. Uh, But yeah, we do want to make an apology We didn't really think it out as well as we possibly should have in advance. So if you were excited about seeing your work on a calendar, you have our apologies. You did win 300 Platinum and you did win the respect of your peers. However, we we weren't able to make the calendar. Sorry about that. It was pretty disappointing for for Lucas and I as well, but it is understandable. But these things happen. Exactly. All's fair in love and war and business. (laughs) Anyway, on a much lighter note. Let's go and have a chat with young Lucas, shall we, Lucas? Yeah, sure. Let's go talk with Lucas. (laughs) All right. We'll see you on the other side. Okay. Our guest today is an actor with a number of primarily voice-based projects to his name, from character-based work in video games and animation through narration for commercials, 
corporate presentations, audiobooks, and many more projects besides. His voice talent can be heard in games such as Deus Ex The Fall, Payday 2, Tropico 4, and many, many more. You can also hear him in Marvel Avengers Academy, Psychopass, the movie, and One Piece, among many other animation projects. But of course, we know and love him for his work in Warframe as Nefanyo and Tile Till, however you want to say it, Rigor, Please welcome Lucas Schooneman. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's so, so wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. It's amazing to have you on the show. And as a starter, I don't know how to say his name either. <laughs> I don't, I've asked questions. They don't tell me. I said Till the very first time. I remember I was recording and I said Till. And then I think I, I saw like a, a dev stream before he got released. And Reb said, you know, Tile. And I'm just like, which Immediately one? on, I'm making an email to George, going like, "Should I record again? I'll do it again." He's like, "No, <laughs> nobody will wonder. Nobody will worry about it. It'll be fine." <laughs> Cut to four years later. What the hell is his name? Exactly, because ah! <laughs> they do have both in the game. I think even Reb, as Natara refers to, um, him as Tile Ragor. Tile. She says Tile Ragor. I think she even mm. says Till at once at one point as well. I'm possibly pretty sure there's possibly. one point. So, oh, well, it is what it is. He's from the Canadian part of the galaxy. It's cool. <laughs> it's fine. Fair enough. That's a good point. We here in Australia are a little <laughs> bit like that ourselves, I guess. We're stuck in the middle of nowhere. It's regionalism. <laughs> it's regionalism. Sure. Yeah. In the middle of an ocean, surrounded by nobody. Yeah. We've got our Kiwi friends, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all we know that as is the place where the the where peter jackson movies are uh are born that's all that we know about them is it's just like oh yeah that's where the hobbit stuff is <laughs> yeah exactly they they claim to have you know others like uh what's his name mel gibson and things like that were apparently from oh russell crowe it was apparently from new zealand but now he's, he's australian. australian yeah yeah i totally. think i've always known him maybe australian as well yeah. <laughs> i believe he was originally a kiwi but hey such is life <laughs> such is life that they've got to claim something they're only little <laughs> um, russell crowe anyway all right who is this guy i don't even know yeah all right anyway back on to yourself lucas <laughs> <laughs> what did I get right and wrong in my little intro? Is there anything you think that's missing or? Oh, no. I mean, there's, there's, I mean, my body of work uh, has been, uh, I've been voiceover for about 10 years now. Wow. I've been very, very fortunate to do um, a lot of stuff in that time. And, uh, you know, I could, I could sit here and just recite my entire resume to you guys. And, and honestly, you know, sometimes the stuff that you find out there on the internet isn't even true about some of the stuff. There's stuff on my IMDb that isn't mm. even true. But, uh, so you got, you got the good, you got the, you got the stuff. Everything you said was, was technically accurate. So everything was there. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. So everything was nothing. There was nothing wrong yet. So everything is fine. <laughs> so we have that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm uh, also another uh, character in uh, in in Warframe that doesn't have a lot of very audible and very well understood lines, uh, which is uh, one of the ghouls on the plains of Enelon, uh as uh, the Rick the Richter School, uh, you know, Buzzsaw Buzzsaw Richter School. Um, that's you. That's me. That's wow. Me. Doing a little doing a little Mad Max uh, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So uh, awesome. a lot of fun stuff with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another, uh, you know, other other titles out there like uh, Clash Royale, um, Warhammer 40K, Inquisitor Martyr, 
Awesome. Yeah. I got new things coming up next year, including the sequel to the very the kind of sleeper indie hit Dying Light. So I'm going to be in Dying Light 2. Oh, um, that's great game. Yeah, that's, I'm very excited about that one. Um, and a couple of other projects that I can't talk about. Yeah. Uh, but I'm working <laughs> on them and they're going to be fun. Um, and yeah, just a whole bunch of other stuff there. A lot of fun though, yes. So your full-time 100% voice actor career is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, full-time is, is an odd, is an odd thing. You know, nobody is really like a full-time, it's like being a full-time artist of any kind, a full-time dancer, a full-time painter, a full-time magician. It just doesn't, it doesn't not, it's not really a full-time kind of a thing. It's that it, it, usually the idea of being full-time is that you, I mean, there are people that are working 40 hour weeks. Don't get me wrong, mm. uh, in, in the industry, but the people that are actually working, you know, 40, if you, if you go by like hours per week, it's not even like that. Most of the people that would consider themselves to be, you know, a quote unquote full time, uh, is that they're that that's their main source of income. It's that they're they're working uh, hard enough and making enough uh, money over a course of a year to be considered a, a you know equivalent to a, some kind of full time job out there. And I would consider myself that. I still have a part time job on the side, but um, yeah, it's only like a sixteen to twenty hour a week job, and uh, it's fun. I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can imagine voice work would be sporadic, and you've got to. Uh, yeah. What's the word? Audition for the roles, and absolutely. Yeah. Yep. No, 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 no argument there. The only people that the only times I don't have to audition is basically when I've worked with companies before, and yep. they know what I can do, and they kind of go, "Hey, by the way, we're making this thing. Could you?" Do you have the time to give us something? We know your range. We know what you've done. So mm. make something up here. We trust you to carry the character. And sometimes I'm very, very lucky to have that kind of stuff. Um, and so I just kind of, we just kind of roll with that. Um, a lot of different things like that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's, there, it's, it's getting a, it's, it's finding auditions. It's getting stuff. It's, you know, sending in, you know, all sorts of different stuff out there. So yeah, it's just catch as catch can. Fair enough. And you, you mentioned there, you know, sometimes they'll ask you to uh, sort of be the character or create the character. Was there a mm. guide for either Neff or Tile? Till? Til if you say or Till or Tile, <laughs> if you say Till or Tile, I know who you're I know the man you're talking, talking about. about. So that's fine. I know who you're talking about. Was there a guide for them or did you base them on anything specific? Did they come from you? Did they come from DE? The 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 guides that came from um from from DE uh, they both came from DE and they were, uh, at the time, uh, and this was, uh, 2015, uh, mm -hmm. when, when, yeah, I know it's been a long time, uh, 2015, when, uh, the, the descriptions for them came out, um, they've since changed their policy. And most of the time when you get a, an audition side for, for Warframe and from DE, there is not only a description, but there's usually a picture to go along with them. I unfortunately did not have a picture of either one of these oh, characters. No. So all I had was a physical description. Um, I actually made a Reddit post about this on the Warframe uh, subreddit that's out there about us. Um, basically, the step-by-step -step process that we did to create Tilragor. Um, but not Nathaniel, because Nathaniel was, strangely enough, right out of the gate, it was exactly what they were looking for. I've never had to make any adjustment of, of Neff. Um, his, nice. his character, which was, you know, described to me as kind of a Southern preacher without 
the Southern accent. Um, <laughs> and it was, you know, he was basically, he was a preacher slash con man. Um, and he was just this, you know, very monetary focused, uh, focused character. And I have, I've got kind of like an archetype in my head. I had an archetype in my head and I still do, uh, for that type of character. And so when I went in with the audition for that, um, which was by the way, the, the first role that I got hired for. And then like a couple weeks later was when, uh, was when Rigor came down. Um, cause it was for when uh, they introduced the verses way back, way back when, and it was oh, the wow. fall. That was for the false prophet mission, which was, was that what that was. So tongue in cheek and a little bit of wordplay, false prophet, uh, mission, <laughs> which was always fun. Um, yeah. So went in there, did that and nailed it and it was fun and and that was the first character that i that i voiced in warframe was neff and it was only about the seventh or eighth character that i auditioned for so i auditioned for like six or seven characters then i got hired so you know tried and true tale of voice acting is that you don't just stop at the first thing and you don't just hope for the first thing and then go oh they hate me they'll never hire me again they don't like me, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. You keep trying until something <laughs> sticks. That's what's that's the whole idea of it. So I did that for Neff. Kicked off. Great. Wonderful. Literally like two to three weeks later, Tube Men of Rigor, the the event between <laughs> Alad V and Neff, uh, you know, choosing a side between them and them going into that. And then this was the reworked Till Rigor from the previous, like, pre-update 17 version of Till Rigor. Um, which was still upside down mask till Rigor, but then he was, I don't know, I guess he was insulting your fashion sense or something back way back when <laughs> I've heard stories about this. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, Till's not a fashionista as far as I understand it. I haven't been asked to critique. I'm not doing project one runway here. It's not my thing, but still <laughs> it's what it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, but. The character for Till was, and, I, and again, I went into a, a deep detail on this one and really did a deep dive uh, on this subreddit. So look up the, the Warframe post out there uh, yeah. on, the, on, on the thing up there because it was really great. But there was a description, no picture, and it was a back and forth between myself and DE um, and mainly uh, George George Spanos, uh, lead sound designer, uh, <laughs> and a heck, heck of an awesome cat out there who we went back and forth. I think four iterations. So just basically I send him something. He would send me feedback. That was one iteration. I would record something again, send it off. He would send me feedback on that. That was the second iteration. We did this four times before we locked down Till's kind of characterization, his delivery, his tone, his pitch. And even then they still pitched me down with the <laughs> final way that I was recording it and the, 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 my pitch, uh, for, for Till. Um, because I had him a little bit, I had about 10 or 15% higher pitch than you, when we all know and love him for right now. So he was, he was a little bit, he was a little bit up here, actually. He was a little bit up here, like going, these filthy Tenno scampering around my labs, doing this kind of thing. He was about here. And then George pitched him a little bit more down here. And so he was living <laughs> into about this area down here. Instead of up here, he was a little bit more down here. And so, um. Voice work is magic. It really is. And it's, it's, and it's, and it's, I know there's going to be people out there who take this the wrong way because I can't say anything in Till's voice without having it be sound like sexual. But the idea being that <laughs> nothing, he, when, 
Till lives in a certain area of my throat. Ha 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 ha. 13 year old titters. Get him out of the way now. It's fine. But he does. He does. Every character lives in a certain area. Like, and if it lives, the higher up it lives in the throat is the higher pitch it sounds because Neff is very, very tall. Neff sounds way up to the top, right, right almost near the, the base of where the, the, uh, the back of the mouth meets the esophagus. It's, he lives right there, but Till lives almost down in the chest area, <laughs> way, way down there. And he didn't before, uh, and until mm. DE took it, added all their filters, added all of their little special effects, made him sound badass. And <laughs> when I heard Two Men of Rigor, I was like, oh, that's what you wanted. And then from there, I was like, the Nata quest and the assassination and we came back to everything else. And I was like, okay, now I know exactly what you want them to sound like. So then they didn't have to do any kind of alterations to it. And from there on, it was, it was like that, but it was for till we went back and forth a lot. Neff right out of the gate, Rictus right out of the gate. Um, and I did get a picture with Rictus. So there you go. That was, cause that was, that was, that was the ghouls. So that was, well, was, uh, along there. But, uh, yeah, for anybody interested in exactly hearing how the back and forth went, I actually post like some screenshots of our emails and the description of, of what, uh, Till looks like. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's, uh, Till was basically described to me as a, a very intelligent sociopath. And I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> but there's more to it that's out there on the thing. Um, but there's, he's basically, he was intelligent and a sociopath, but he was also a scientist. And I remember the very first one that I did for him was like freaking. I saw like doc Brown from back to the future. Like I saw a big white lab coat and I saw this <laughs> dude who was not jacked at all because when are, <laughs> when are scientists jacked in culture, in our, in our, in our, when are they, when are they built like a brick S house? You know what I'm talking about? Like, they're not, they're like, they're, you know, it's not, it's not till we're, till we're swole. He's no, it's not like that. I didn't have any reason to do that. And then we went back and forth and then I'm like, no, he's actually physically strong. I'm like, Oh, oh. Well, uh, <laughs> well, that changes things, I guess. Let's do something else. And so, yeah, the first iteration, I think there, there might even be some some samples that I put up in the subreddit uh, of actual auditions, uh, of actually like uh, breakdowns of the actual samples that I had, uh, audio samples that I had. Oh, nice. Yeah, like pre-filtering and everything. So you get to hear a little bit about what I did and then you'll go like, that doesn't sound like Till. Of course it doesn't because that's it. People do. We build it together. And that's the whole thing. We all build together. <laughs> I'll definitely have to check that out. That's awesome. Oh, yes. I did not know that existed. So to Reddit. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Find it on the subreddit. Um, I think it's under nice. this, uh, thing. Um, my username on, on, uh, on, <laughs> I know on Warframe as well as on subreddit on the Reddit is, uh, voice acting ninja. Uh, so if you do mm-hmm. a search, uh, for, the username on that one and do it in the subreddit. Um, there's, I think it's basically about a step-by-step process of how we built this whole thing. Uh, it's, I forget the title itself, but yeah, it's, there's only, there's only a couple of posts that I've made on the subreddit. So you should find it. That is very awesome. cool. So you do play Warframe. It has been a while since I've jumped on, but yes, <laughs> I, I am. I think I'm MR 17. 17 or 18. Oh, that's pretty good. 17 or 18. I have put in the work. It, it took me a while to get into it. And, um, um, 
Total Biscuit, may he rest in peace, uh, was very instrumental in 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 helping me learn uh, and get past that learning curve of Warframe because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, I didn't know I didn't know how mods worked. I didn't know that you could even mod things in the game. I didn't get it. I was I was bad, um, but yeah, <laughs> that's why we exist. Starts off like and that's, that, and, and, and that's the other creators always been so good. And that's I'll I'll say it and I'll say it I'll say it forever is that the Warframe community and this is not coming from a sense of oh I'm a part of Warframe so I have to say this no screw that the Warframe community is one of the best damn communities out there the most helpful the most giving the most thoughtful the kindest the most patient. I I've run into so many people and it's like, it that doesn't even come from me going, yeah, by the way, I'm voice of these two bosses in the game. So please help me. No, no, no. That's not even <laughs> like that. They do that regardless. And I'm just like, you guys are so nice. This is for a free game. This is great. You guys are so nice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it is a great community. Silverlight yeah. Lucas over to you. Yes. Okay. So besides from Warframe, who has been your favorite character to play? Ah, <sighs> There's a there's a stock answer for this, which is which is which is cheeky, but it's the uh, whatever character I'm getting paid for right now. That's my favorite character right now. That's that's the cheeky answer. Um, fair point. But you know, I mean, to to be all serious about it is that you can't have a favorite in voiceover. You really can't because and but you it's I mean it's some people will say that and then some other people will go oh no 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 this care and then you'll hear other voice actors go well no 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 this one's my favorite and you usually find that voice actors will have a favorite when they have a recurring character that they get to do which honestly yeah. especially in video game work you don't get to come back to a character that often you usually go in you record one maybe two sessions and then you're done and you never come back to that character because the game is over and if you might you might make a sequel and you might come back and do some things again. I, or you might do other characters within the same game and different sessions, but now it's a different character. So you don't get mm. to revisit those kinds of things. And so it's hard to really have a recurring character. But the fact that Till and Neff are both recurring for me, it does solidify them a little bit more, you know, in my memory. And, and, I, and I do get to have that. Does it mean that they're my favorite? No, I, I I love all these characters that I get to do for different reasons. If I didn't love every character that I did when I went into the booth, nobody would sound good. You know, I'd, it'd only be like, no, I only want to do those characters. That's it. You know, that would be it. Um, I will say this, though, uh, and I know it's not exactly the question that you asked, but I do have a favorite type of character to play. Which I do get to, uh, which I'm, I never knew I was going to be doing until I actually started doing it, which is villains. I never, th I, I didn't, I didn't sign up to be a villain all the time, but boy, oh boy, do I love being villains. <laughs> I love being the bad guy. I love being that, that dude that when you, when you play it, you're like, oh, just shut up. Just shut up. I'm going to, I'm going to, I will punch <laughs> you in the face, man. I will punch you so, so hard. I have people that are just like, they're, they're just like, please don't do Neff's voice in front of me because I will want to punch you in the nose. And it's like, that's okay. I appreciate that. I like your honesty. I'm going to take three steps away from you now, but that's okay. <laughs> Tenocon is interesting. That's something different. Oh, no doubt. No, nobody ever, no, nobody ever, no, nobody ever did that to me at Tenocon. At least that's what the lawyers say. Anyway, but. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah. Uh, then you know, no favorites, but uh, definitely a favorite set. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, you yeah, as I was saying, you definitely do uh, a great job with villains. Um, for the simple fact that you've you've got two in Warframe, well, technically three, yeah. but two in Warframe. One that is loved and adorned by everyone, and the other one that is. Uh, uh, not loved and adored you. by everyone. Despite. <laughs> For the right reason. Oh, oh, trust me. Trust me. Yeah. There are plenty of Nefanios out there. Let me tell you something else. Oh, boy, howdy. Oh, boy, howdy. Praise the mother-loving prophet void. I'll tell you something else. These ones are crazy in love with Neff. They're not as there's not they're not as they're not as numerous as Till, but you know, everybody loves a deep voice. I mean, mm-hmm. that. he's a ro- he's a robot dad. He everybody loves everybody loves Papa Till, but I mean, Uncle Neff doesn't get as much love, but he's definitely got some love out there. I've seen I've seen the fan art. I've seen the NSFWs. It's out there. Trust me. I've read the fanfics against my will, but I've read them and they're there. So, yes. Awkward. <laughs> it's love, you know? Love is love is love, you know? It, it all comes from Fair that. Enough. That's what it is. So, it's yeah. True. <laughs> Perfect. It's great. <laughs> so, you've done a fair bit of work for anime. Yes. Um, was this by chance, or are you also an anime fan? Oh, I was, I was definitely an anime fan. Um, you know, nice. cut my cut my teeth on DBZ back on Toonami, just like a lot of us did when when we started mm-hmm. watching it. But obviously, not everybody did. Um, and uh, was a big fan of One Piece uh, before I got a chance to audition for it. Uh, big, 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 big fan, and really appreciated the the English dub that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, went to to uh, wrote rather after after I had some years uh, on my on my um resume of actual voice work. Um you know, contacted Funimation, let them know that I was interested. They wrote back to me. They were like, yeah, but you understand, like, we don't really hire non-Texas voice actors. That's not really a thing we do. And this is, by the way, this was was like 2013, uh, before all the simul dubs and everything else started happening. And then they started kind of, everything was streaming and catching up with everything. And uh, I was like, and and I was like, yeah, I, I get, that that's not the case. I really just want to have my opportunity to throw my hat in the ring. And they're like, well, you know, we can see that you're obviously a voice actor. You're obviously accomplished. You have some stuff. Uh, We're not going to pay for your flight. And this is the rate that we pay our voice actors. You might be eating some costs, but if you want to have a chance, yeah, we could, we could, we'll let you know when the next kind of general audition would be. And I said, sure. And it happened to be about five months later that they had one happened to be for one piece and decided to uh, uh, drive down to Texas, which I will never do again. <laughs> Chicago to Texas, Chicago to Dallas, uh, Fort Worth is not fun. Um, and I didn't know what I was yeah, getting into. Didn't know what I was getting into. And I was like, yeah, I made a mistake. Uh, you know, it's like I made a, <laughs> I made a horrible decision. And uh, Road trip. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. Anyway, <laughs> um, had my chance. Uh, auditioned. Um you know, uh, went in there and thankfully, you know, I think with my, with my background and what I had done and how my, um, you know, my workshops and training and everything else that I had had kind of made me kind of aware of what I, what I, what I could bring and how I could bring it. Went in there, um, made a solid work. It was my very first time auditioning for anybody at Funimation with a dubbing company, with an anime company. 
and I got lucky. I got, uh, you know, and you know, it's kind of what it is all about. You know, it's all about auditioning, but also making sure that you're also fairly lucky. And, uh, not only got to uh, be in one piece, but I got a named character in one piece. He was in, uh, one of the movies. Mm. He's in plenty of the shows, a couple of arcs. And so every now and then after I would, then after I got the job, I would fly down to Texas <laughs> to record then. And, Yay. uh, yeah, which again, I was eating some costs to do it, but I mean, I wanted, to, I wanted the mm. chance to, you know, uh, build up my resume and show him that I could, you know, do the work. And, um, I was literally known as that guy from Chicago because that's how many Chicago actors that they had down at Funimation. And there's like 300 actors on their roster, at least, you know, last time I counted, there was like 300 plus. So there's plenty of actors who aren't from Chicago. And so when you're that dude from Chicago, it's like, oh, yep, I know where I stand. And it's, it's cool. No, I love them. And I love them to death. It's great. And, um, but yeah, I got to, I got to, I got to be a, I got to have a freaking devil fruit in one piece. I got to be one of the Marines in one piece. It's crazy. I'm like, what? I'm like, I, that's so cool. So, uh, and then while I was, while I would go down there and do that, they would be like, well, we know that you're just here to do a couple of episodes of one piece, but you want to do some other stuff and other things. We got, we got extras, we got room, we got time, we got some things. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I'll blend it in there. And uh, we'll Perfect. make some stuff happen. So it kind of allowed me to be on things like Psychopaths and things on uh, uh, freaking, gosh, uh, Gangsta. And uh, they made a live dub of one of the, uh, of the three, actually, of the Rurouni Kenshin movies. They did this like live, uh. live action dubbing, I should say. Not live dubbing, but live action dubbing of the movies. Wow. And I got to be in a little bit of that. And I got to be in... Gosh, what else? Uh, Show by Rock, Prince, uh, Prince of Stride, uh, about a, about a dozen actually, and so it was really cool. And you know, it's like one, you know, all of it, all of it, kind of surrounding one piece. So it was very, very happy. That is, that is awesome. I do and I do like to add on that it's like my experience doing all that is very much atypical. That is not usually how it works. Usually, you're in Dallas, Houston. You know, you're in Texas where that kind of stuff is happening around Funimation, Sentai, where they're making the work, basically. Or you're out in L.A., where they're making the work out in L.A. Um, but not in Chicago. Chicago isn't known for being, uh, you know, character-based um, stuff like animation and and movie kind of voiceover yeah. work. It's actually what we're known for is in Chicago is commercial voiceover work, which is why I get to do a lot of my uh, production and, um, you know, uh, present commercials, uh, trailers, things like that. And so I get to do stuff like that. Cool. Yeah, it is cool. You've kind of touched on it a little bit, but um, just how hard is it to make a career out of voice acting? Yeah, so that's that is that's the million dollar question, isn't it? It's 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 hard to it's hard to. I mean, how does how does any artist really make a career for themselves? It's 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 persistence. It's knowing where your skills are. It's knowing what brand you have and what you bring to the table it's marketing those skills and making sure that what you bring is specifically like this like i know what i'm good at and i'm going to bring this stuff here and i'm going to show you why i'm the person for this role because i'm i'm the best choice and it's pushing and doing that over and over and over mm -hmm. again how do you get to be a professional dancer you keep dancing. How do you get to be a professional stage actor? You keep doing stage shows. How do you get to be a professional singer? You keep singing. How do you get to be 
a professional juggler. Keep them balls in the air. You know, you keep doing it. You keep doing it until all of a sudden you yeah. look behind you and you're like, oh, crap. This is like my this is like my main job right now. Honestly, <laughs> that's I'm being honest. That's really how it works. I, I mean, you can't say, well, I'm I mean, and if you well, if you want to have a full time career in this, if you want to have a career where it's your main source of it's your job and that's what you do. You got to have if you want that then you got to be able to say to yourself, first of all, it's not going to happen all at once. So you're going to have to have something that's going to be kind of like part-time job or jobs that'll be there, or maybe even a full-time job that isn't voiceover. And the voiceover is something that you do extremely on the side. And then you just basically, you balance the seesaw out over a number of years until it happens. It used to be that, uh, you know, professionals used to tell you that you could have that in like 10 to 15 years. You would have to work that long before it happened. Thankfully, though, with the way the technology is changing, with the way with the way of the internet, and if you have a good business plan and you and you're a little bit more aware of what you're doing, you could do it in five to ten years. You could cut five years off of that one, but it's harder. It's as hard as any other artistic based pursuit, and it's it just takes time. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm, but still, if it's if that's your dream, get out there and do it, peeps absolutely yeah i'm gonna ask one more question from from us and then we'll get on to our patron questions before we let you go cool love it do you enjoy doing audiobooks because so i've listened to quite a few and i've always wondered about them they must take a friggin long time for they one do. and there must be a bunch of takes and what happens when you trip over a word i am intrigued <laughs> that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of questions in one thing, but yeah, I, I love it. No, I love it. Audiobooks are audiobooks are a blasty blast. I will tell you that uh, for a lot of fun. The one of the problems though that we find ourselves now in in the audiobook culture is uh, the the influx of things like Amazon, where Amazon will basically self publish. Will be will basically mm. not self publish, but an author can self publish through Amazon, where Amazon basically goes, we're going to sell this on. Our website, we're going to send it through, you know, the Kindles and uh, and all of the ebooks and stuff that's out there. So all of these writers who don't have an agent and have never made anything are be are able to now write whatever they want and can publish through Amazon. Um, but also because of that, and Amazon also owns Audible, mm. so now you've got all of these different, and Amazon's going to push every single writer out there to go, hey. We made your book. You want to make an audiobook? That'd be cool. You know, and then they and again, because every time that audiobook sells through Audible, Amazon's gonna get a cut of that, and Jeff Bezos does a little dance. So <laughs> he's dancing right now. <laughs> he is, he is. I, I said his I said his I said his name. He just grew he just grew another millimeter. Um so <laughs> um anyway, I I'm being silly. I know, but uh, the point is uh that because of that. The quality of the audiobooks out there, I'm not saying the quality is going to go down, but the number of audiobooks to be made out there suddenly goes up. And because of that, everybody and their brother wants to try to do this uh, audiobook thing. I don't want to say that that lowers the quality. I don't think it does. But what it does is it makes it hard to find the good audiobooks where you really, really love it. Mm. I've been lucky enough to find some really, really good stuff that I love. Unfortunately, though... And this is just the reality of the situation. And it doesn't take away from the audio, audiobook experience or the audiobook recording experience. But um, the way that 
they get sold through Audible usually with, and that's the, usually the, uh, the platform that gets used mm. is that there's, it's kind of a royalty thing. Every time the audiobook sells, the narrator gets a cut and so does the author mm-hmm. and so does Amazon. So, <laughs> and usually it's Amazon gets 50%, wow. uh, author, author gets 25%, narrator gets 25%. That's usually how it goes. Unless you basically set up a deal where you're going to say, I'm going to record this for a set amount of money up front and author, you get to take the other, you know, Amazon takes 50 and then, uh, author takes now the other 50% and you, you don't take any, any royalties. I will say it like this. I've been recording audiobooks for the first audiobooks I recorded were way back in like 2013. And, um, I've made less than a thousand dollars in six years doing all the, doing probably half a dozen audiobooks that are up on audible wow and that is and the amount and you're right the amount of time that you put into this uh and the amount of work and editing and all that other stuff that happens yeah it does not match for the amount of money that i've made but at the same time i didn't sign up to be a voice actor because of the money fair enough nobody signs up nobody signs up to nobody signs up to be an artist because of the money like i want to be a street musician because i want money yeah keep going for that um <laughs> it's it's the reality of the situation now going over to your question about like uh, how do you how do you maintain all the, is it a lot of work yeah does it take a long time absolutely how do you mess up if you mess up a take you know what i do i pop my cheek that's what i do it's a fun thing that i do so uh, i'll just kind of go pop. and then and then Gloria came down the stairs. He looked to the, nope, should be she. She looked to the right. And when it does that, and what the does is it creates, uh, and uh, Greg, you know this, you yeah. did this, uh, like that. It's like doing a, like a clap. It, like, it makes the, it makes that, that peak yep. that you can really see in your editing software. So you go, aha, that's where I have to go and fix that thing right there at that sharp little vertical line in the audio editing software. Yep. So I, I do that and that's when I, that's when I see it. And, uh, thankfully I've also got a really good audiobook client, uh, that I've been able to find, uh, since, um, I really don't, you know, do a lot of stuff through, uh, audible and, uh, it's been much more lucrative. Uh, it's been a lot more massive in volume and I think it's a lot more helpful to the audience in general. And that is I work with, um, a textbook company out there. And what I do is I record little short snippets of, of text and uh, uh, stories for teachers that are in class. And instead of the teachers going, okay, Billy, you read the first paragraph. Okay, Susie, <laughs> you read the second paragraph. Cause we know we never liked that in school. <laughs> they get called on to read the paragraphs in school, right? <laughs> the teacher just goes onto this website that I work for and just goes, oh, Martin Luther King, I have a dream, click. And it's just me doing Martin Luther King, I have a dream. And it's just, there's, there's this thing. Or it's me doing uh, the most dangerous game, or it's me doing this thing. It's not the whole story, but usually it's little bits of it. I just did uh, Death of a Salesman, uh, like a little snippet from the show of Death of a Salesman, which I was in in college. So I was kind of like, aha, I'm back to being Willie Loman again. Yay. (laughs) So I've probably done damn near 80 to 100 little snippets of things for them, from things that are like small little intros to like. 20 page readings of these huge things and um they've been very kind to me they keep coming back to me over and over again and i get to do so many characters and i get to do so many reads and it's so much fun and it's it's helping high school students and middle school students out there and it's helping teachers 
and you know i come from a teaching family so it's like i'm yeah i'm all i'm all for that that is super cool that's a really good idea nice yeah yeah i like it and i'm lucky i'm I'm lucky that i got to you know that again with my business sense and uh, where i was as as a performer i saw an opportunity and uh you know i had a chance to reach out with them i i showed them what i was able to do i showed that i was versatile you know i showed them that i wasn't just a narrator but i was also a character creator i could do accents and i could do old i could do young i could do different races if they needed it uh and you know i just I, i showed them all these different things and i've been trying to stay away from doing like you know outside of my own race and i'm trying to promote other actors and try to promote diversity and Get some more stuff basically for, you know, people of color and minorities and stuff like that. I try to promote them and get them get them going in there too. So that way I'm not doing that. I used to do that. Not Fair so enough. much anymore because it's, you know, you want to promote diversity in every field of uh, artistic expression that you can. Um, but yeah, but because of my versatility, that was how I, uh, that's how I showed it to them. Give us a quick g'day, mate, then. <laughs> No, I ah, it's easy <laughs> because yeah. come on, because here's the thing. If I do that, you know, it's not going to be good. You already know it's not going to be good. <laughs> That's why we I want got, you yeah. to do it. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you a little bit. Um, <clears throat> do it, do it. Good day, mate. That's not too bad. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that I have, uh, you know, the, the strongest Australian accent out there. I, I, I always, you know, feel like subtle is the key. And, um, you know, when, when is it too subtle and when is it, you know, uh, when is it too strong? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. There's a I, little bit too much. I'll, what I would I'll call take, twang. It is. And I, that's probably where, that's probably, you know, that's that Steve Irwin in the back of my head kind of a yeah, thing going in there. He's very, which very is, strong. He's a real it is. Australian. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and again, and I, and I get that. And, uh, being able to kind of tone that down is really, really hard. They but do. I always tell people who come to me with uh, uh, questions about accents and doing accents and doing voices, I always say when it comes to accents, subtlety is the key. Do not go crazy. You are not Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins. <laughs> do not go crazy. <laughs> oh, Nobody nice. needs that. I love it. We all laugh because we know exactly what we're talking about. Exactly. Like, yeah. God, it was so terrible, but so wonderful all at the same time. <laughs> All right, so we've got four questions from our patrons that are left, and we've taken up Love a it. lot of your time, so we'll try and get through these for you quickly. We really appreciate you being on. So no I'll problem. With, the first one is from RavenX99, uh, and a couple of the questions he asked were already answered by you, which is great, but he does mention that you were probably one of the earliest professional voice actors that DE hired, and he's wondering, were you possibly the first that wasn't an employee? And did they know how to work with professional voice actors at that time? Mm, that's a good question, Raven X99. Uh, thank you for the wonderful question. No, I wasn't the first. Uh, as I was saying, I got to audition for about seven or eight roles before uh, I landed Neff, which was the first one. So they were hiring freaking, God, Samaris all of the faction leaders for like Red Veil and New Loca and uh, uh, Ergo Glast, you know, was, was uh, you know, part of that too. You had Stalker in part of that. You had uh, Hun Hao. You had uh, mm-hmm. a lot of different characters that were there uh, before I came along. And so, no, I wasn't the first. And did they know how to work with it? Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. Yeah. I think, and, and and one of the reasons I think that, and one of the reasons that I can tell you that I absolutely know that for sure was because 
I can't tell you how many times that as a, a, especially a video game voice actor that I'll work with indie companies, which we all have to remind ourselves, DE is still an independent company. Mm. They may, this is an indie game, you know, and it's crazy, but yes, it is. And how many times I get to work with uh, indie companies and their scripts are spreadsheets. They're Excel oh, yeah. spreadsheets <laughs> that are only my lines. They are not. <laughs> anybody else's lines. So all I know is my lines and that's that. Like they're all call out lines. Now sometimes the games I record are all call all call outs. Like League of Legends, you know, it's like if you did something like that, it would be like I would do that. And I'm not in League of Legends, but I'm in a couple of other MOBA uh, games out there that are like that. So there's a lot of call out lines that I've had to do for games. So it's like, okay, and I, and I can do that. That's not a problem. It's like a fighting game, you know. It's like that's a call out line too. Yeah, fair enough. So one of the great things that Warframe did, and this is how I know that that they really knew how to treat it, treat their voice actors right, is the writers, uh, Ryan and Cam and the entire writing team over at over at DE. They sent me the whole damn script. Like I got the whole thing for False Prophet. I got the whole thing for uh, Tube Men of Rigor. I got the whole thing for Fortuna. For the assassination quest, for 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 Till, for the Nata quest, I got everything. Wow, I cannot so tell you how it's... awesome it is. To, yeah, and, and you see, you see there, you see, where are we? Mm. Why are we having this conversation? Who am I talking to? What did they just say? How did they just say it? You see mm. all of that, and that is important. so important. And the fact <laughs> that they just did that shows me that they know how to work with professionals. Yeah, that's how I know. Makes sense. That's awesome. Um, okay, next question is from Rathok, and he asks, what are some of your favorite lines? Ooh, that's always a good question to say. Uh, Rathok, thank you very much for the question. Um, ne- I start off with Neff because Neff is is easier than Till. Um, Neff used to have my favorite line for Neff used to be from The Glass Gambit. Uh, before Fortuna came along, it was the Glass Gambit. It was the very last line <laughs> that you hear in the Glass Gambit, which spoilers, uh, if anybody hasn't played the Glass Gambit, I don't know, you know, who knows, right? <laughs> uh, but for the Glass Gambit, it's, um, you've basically beaten him at the index and, uh, he knows that he's lost. And so he's trying to entice you to come back. Uh, and what happens, the reason I like that line, and it's the same reason I like something in Fortuna that kind of replaced it is that I love it when Neff almost slips up and the con man facade (laughs) almost starts to fall away. I love it. I love it so much because it's like, we all know he's just, he's a con man. We know it. All of us playing, we all know it. Yeah. (laughs) But he's fooling everybody else. And I am so intrigued by the idea that what happens when we break Neff? What the hell is he going to sound like there? And those kind of lines, uh, there was one, there was that one in the glass gamut. And then in Fortuna, which was, you know, when he was really, when he was really angry, mm-hmm. like getting, getting Thursby and finding out exactly what you did. And then there's the repossession where he's talking to, uh, Utico, uh, and like, you know, floor boss, bring me, bring me 50 people for reshelving. And, you know, oh, finally, someone with some backbone and you just hear like oh oh, i want to punch him in the face (laughs) and it's all this stuff because there are times during the entire fortuna thing like when vox solaris shows up and you're and he's like i know that voice i killed that voice Mm. you're like 
there's like he's starting to freak out and you can hear him starting to slip and i love this idea what the hell is he going to sound like when he breaks and i don't say if i say when because i'm expecting it to happen damn it and i want it to happen (laughs) and i'm I'm excited i and here's the thing like people go like well what is he going to sound like can't you tell us what he's going to sound like i'm like i don't know what he's gonna sound like how would i know i'm not i don't know what he sounds like because i think the way he's gonna sound is gonna be dependent upon what breaks him honestly as an actor that's exactly what i feel like yeah what is gonna break him is it just gonna be the tenno that he'll just get frustrated okay but will it be an event will it be something out there i don't know we don't know nobody knows i'm excited to find out though uh favorite line for till Anything he fucking says. I mean, honestly, <laughs> brilliant. Anything. How could I not love any line that he had? I, I will say the funniest mm-hmm. thing about that I did have, which I I swear, two okay, two lines. One, it's hammer time. I never knew that it's. <laughs> now let me say this: I never knew that that line was going to take off the way that it did. People attach themselves to that line like it's hammer time. And I'm just like, okay, but you have to understand something. When I recorded it's hammer time, I recorded like, just like I did for every, every other line, I recorded like six or seven variations for it. Mm. So the line that you hear for it's hammer time was the big over the top one that I did. And I was like, they're probably not going to use that one, but okay, let's do the other ones. It's hammer time. It's, it's hammer time. Oh, it's hammer time. And then I was like, it's hammer time. And then like, that was the one they loved. And I'm like, okay, cool. But people really uh, enjoyed that. So it was funny to me how like, oh, that's the one they chose. And then everybody attached themselves to it. Um, and I also love, I also love one other line and it's small, but for me recording it i couldn't not laugh i just i would say it and then i would stop and giggle and then i would say like i couldn't not giggle because i tried to say this line in a way that didn't sound sexy as hell and i couldn't do it i was like there's no way this line is not going to be taken out of context and it's two words from the nata quest open wide <laughs> I could not say that. I couldn't do it. I was like, I have like the actual recording session of me just going open wide. No, that's not going to work. No, people are going to take that the wrong way. <laughs> open wide. No, I can't yell it. That won't be good at all, actually. <laughs> open wide. No, that sounds worse. No, okay. I can't. And I'm just giggling every single time I do it. Because it's just that's amazing. There was no way that I could do it. But everything he says is so great. Because that when you're amazing. tell, yeah, when you're tell, everything sounds cool. Exactly. Well, my favorite, my favorite <laughs> is uh, the reference to Headfruit. Oh, yes. That's the best. My <laughs> smash best. open your head fruit. What color juice spills out? There it is. Let there me is. let me see. And I so and good. and also that you know probably his most famous line I think would be that you know I'm getting very excited now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting very excited now. And then to keep it going like that is the anticipation. I learned yes. so much from a live dissection, which by the way, can I clarify live dissection for the fact of everybody calling me out on it's a vivisection. It's not a live dissection. Uh, I have to read that every freaking month or so. Bloody internet. Uh, no, no, no. 
<laughs> no, it's 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 the neckbeards, and they're 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 they're, they're tipping their fedoras. So allow me to scratch my own <laughs> neckbeard and offer a rebuttal for a quick second. Okay, here's the thing: he kills the Tenno. This is what, and, and you know what? I get to freaking say this because it's my freaking line. So here we go. <laughs> Tilragor wants to come by and kill a Tenno and kill it dead. Then cut the Tenno open live in front of an audience. Yeah. A live dissection. It's not, he's not going to not kill you and slice you open while you're still alive, because that would be a vivisection. Live dissection <laughs> means you die as the Tenno, and then he. there is a live, as in Saturday Night Live, there's people in front of you, that's that kind of a thing. There's a live dissection. That's what it means. Oh, let's move on. There you go. The truth is out there, people. We found it. I'm calling it as it is, Dennis. <laughs> nice one. You took it back. <laughs> the next one's not really a question. It is from Jellybean. He says, no question for me. Just tell him that I love Till Rigor and thank you for the work he did to make him my favorite boss in the game. Oh, don't worry, oh. Jellybean. I'll, I'll, I'll kill you last. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, and our final question is from Cannibal Kiwi. And this is a very serious question. All right. Have you got any more spare legs? As some days I just don't feel like I have any leg to stand on. <laughs> I do have the legs from Tenokai. I actually yeah, still have that them. was brilliant, by the way. Oh my god, I planned that. I planned that for months. Oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> Rebbe had no idea either. I was just gonna like, I got all the plans. She's like looking at me like, what do you have planned? And I'm just like, don't worry, it'll be <laughs> fine. It's fine. Oh man. Oh, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. I did a lot of work to just to keep that secret and not seen. It was really it was good. It was it was like that. But I still actually I still I still have the legs actually. I still have them. It was very well played. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was bloody brilliant. Thank you. We uh we were giggling here in Australia. Thank you, Camel Kiwi, for the question. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thanks to Camel Kiwi. All right. That is it for the, the Patreon questions. Uh, and we, like I said, we've taken up a, sh a shitload, I think is the technical term, of your time. <laughs> and we really, really appreciate it. This is a fantastic discussion. Um, and we also love and thank you for your work in the game. And hopefully we'll see a lot more to come from our favorite boss enemies. I would. I. I have been waiting for that Nefanyo boss fight for so oh, yeah. long. I'm waiting. Well, we all. <laughs> oh man, when he rips it off and he's like freaking swole as hell, just under there, it's just like yeah. Where was he hiding this is all what that? The prophet, <laughs> the void provides. Let's wrestle, <laughs> raw. You know, and basically, like, oh god, what Nef can do that? That's crazy. Uh. And. Uh, I'm, I'd love it if like there was like a cinematic with like Rhino with Rhino and then Rhino gets up there and just kind of like they freaking, you know, like Hulkbuster <laughs> Hulk kind of like punch in the middle and there's that shock wave and then Neff just kind of pushes through and knocks him back like you were hiding that like I don't know. That's my dream. I know it's not going to happen, but that's my dream. That'd be amazing. You've obviously been thinking about it. it no, no, I don't know what I'm talking about. Let me shuffle. Let me shuffle. Let me shuffle this fan art. These blueprints out of the side. No, it's fine. No, it's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't. I don't. I don't have plan. I don't have plans that he that he grows a helicopter beanie and flies around like Inspector Gadget. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> no, I appreciate I appreciate you guys having me on the uh, the podcast. Uh, I'm I'm so happy to um I'm so happy to you know talk to Warframe people. You know, again, the Warframe community is just so so damn cool, and you guys are so giving, and you know, obviously very very invested in in the game. And uh, I love I love talking about it and stuff. I love I love having discussions about it, and I can't wait to see where it goes either. Definitely. Well, it was absolutely our pleasure. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. It's been an absolute uh, amazing chance and opportunity to have this discussion with you. Thanks a lot, guys. That was an awesome interview. Amazing. The dude is just funny and personable and just a nice guy. I did see, actually, he joined Quite Shy's video uh, stream uh, the weekend after we interviewed him, because we actually interviewed him about two weeks ago. And he was on there with Reb Ford and DK Diamantes and Blaze, and they were all having a good old chat and uh, pretending to act out or read a very terrible fan novel from the internet. And it was fantastic. Lots of fun. So I do recommend anything you see him in is probably going to be a good time. So check it out. Absolutely. Top-notch bloke. All right. So on a high note, let's move on into the uh, regular segments, minus the yes beginner and advanced topics, because, you know, we're already an hour into the episode. So what have we got here, Lucas? We've got... <clears throat> Love letters to Disco Box. Beautiful. All right, so this one, we do have one this week, so thank you so much for brightening my heart. This one is from the Sentinel, Sentinel 001. Oh, Disco Box. I was wondering, is your voice the Australian love child of Benedict Cumberbatch? And Morgan Freeman. Regardless, keep those velvety tones healthy and keep the water flowing. Much love, a fan. Hot mark. <laughs> anyway, that was from the Sentinel uh, 001, and that was beautiful. It brought a tear to my eye. That's so beautiful. He may very well be the love child of Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Morgan Freeman. He does have a view, a view, a beautiful, beautiful voice, <laughs> and I believe he was born in the UK, so that that probably explains why he has a bit of a British twang to his voice. Twang, what a word, twang. <laughs> so thank you, Sentinel zero zero one, and if you'd like to get your love letter to Disco Box read out on the show, you know what to do. Jump on Twitter, send a message to Disco underscore Box, and tell him how much you love his voice and whether or not you're rubbing the nipples at the time of writing the message. He loves that stuff. <laughs> All right. What's next, Lucas? Community call out. First off, we have a cookie to give out. Ooh. It's a random cookie, but it's a cookie nonetheless. So this cookie goes to Crike, who has been viewing us uh, on our streams, and you know, just, just his all-round nice guy. So thank you very much, Crike, for... Uh, for sticking around and having a good chat with us. Indeed. We did tell you we were going to give you a call-out, and here it is. Yep. Cephalon cookie call-out, mm -hmm. of all things. It's been a while. We love Crike. Oh, yes, we do. That's all. All right. Next up, we have a reviews update, and we did get one new review on CastBox. So that brings us up to 99 
reviews. Ooh. Yes, only one review away from hitting a hundred reviews. Thank you so much for all these awesome reviews. Uh, we love them, and of course, we have been reading them all out on our episodes. So please be that hundredth guy or gal and write us that review on any of those platforms, iTunes, Podcast Republic, uh, CastBox, send us it via email, whatever you like, preferably iTunes, because, hey, that's where everyone listens to stuff and that's where we need the exposure. But like I said, we take it anywhere. We're, we're fucking not picky. <laughs> we love the reviews. And once we do hear that 100, we will be deciding on a date that we do our live cast where you can torture us and torment us in person, live. Well, but we also have plans for that too. We do. We do. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot Something about that. We discussed last night. <laughs> That's true. I've already half forgotten it, but half remember it at the same time. Hmm. <laughs> All right. So we've got an email review. Would you like to read that out, Lucas? I shall. Email review. Leroy of Hick. When I first got into Warframe, I had a friend to play alongside me and show me the robes. But sadly, his time on Warframe dwindled down to nothing. But I still needed to learn stuff. Enter in this podcast. I feel that I am in an awkward position where I know a lot about this game we all know and love. And I've begun to teach other friends who are new to, the, to Warframe. But yet I'm still learning uh, new stuff almost every time I tune here. Keep up the good work, making content viable for both beginners and advanced players. Five stars. Thanks, y'all. Awesome. That's a lovely review. Thank you, Leroy of Hick. Good to hear that we are still teaching you something, even though you probably know just as much as I do. Lucas's big brain is full of Warframe tips. I think that's all it's full of nowadays. <laughs> it's full of something. <laughs> all right. Anything else you want to mention before we close out episode 72? Hmm. Anything else I want to mention? Two things. Two things, actually. So... We do stream uh, weekly on Friday evening and Saturday evening uh, Australian time. So don't be a stranger. Come check us out over at uh, Twitch forward slash Cephalon Squared. We get up to some really weird conversations and amazing little activities, as you could probably guess. And the uh, shit was um, T Public is having sales. Uh, all throughout the end of the year, where you could possibly pick up some gorgeous Cephalon Squared apparel. So, check that out. Apparel too, but it's up to you. Apparel, yeah. Apparel, <laughs> apparel, tomato, potato. Eh. Except one's a word, the other's not. Um, <laughs> yes, both good points. And don't forget that uh, Rathok also streams on the Cephalon Squared channel on Mondays, Australian time, Sunday nights, US Eastern, I think whatever keep an eye out for it about the time that um nightwave switches over is when he is streaming so keep an eye out for rathok he's also very knowledgeable in the game and just a good guy if you go in and and you know just find our channel press that that uh follow button then you will actually receive an email whenever one of us goes live exactly or a twitch notification exactamundo yep. so keep an eye out and definitely do that click that follow button and you will See us. Cool. All right. So how do you come across all of this information? There's one place that you can find it all, and that is cephalonsquared.com. You can find a link to our Twitch page and our Discord channel and our 
Facebook page, and all that wonderful stuff. Or you can just shoot us an email at cephalonsquared at gmail.com. If you want to reach out, just say hi. We read every single email and we respond to pretty much all of them. Depending on, well, sometimes it's just a simple thanks, awesome. Other times it's a bit more lengthy if you ask questions. So reach on out to us. We love feedback. We need feedback. We always want to make the show better. On that note, if you do like us, please give us a rating on your podcast platform to spread the word, help us grow. Head on over to cephalonsquared.com forward slash support if you're interested in supporting us. And why don't we thank some of those people that do support us? Let's do that indeed. So thank you very much, Rathok. Thanks, Jellybean1799. Thank you, Sula. Thank you, Lord Frieson. Thank you, Logan Neal. Thanks, Danathan. Thank you, Red Wizard 12. Thank you, Knight Rider 8503. And thank you, Solarian. Indeed. So we have picked up a few new names there over the last couple of weeks. So thank you to all of those new patrons. We really do love and appreciate your help, especially when website bills come that I forget about. So, <laughs> so we do really appreciate that. And it helps us get through the painful Christmas period when we should have planned our bills better. <laughs> but, of course, like I said, if you'd like to get on over there and see what it's all about, it's patreon.com forward slash cephalon squared. We don't make it that hard. If you don't want to subscribe on a monthly basis, we've also got a coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash cephalon squared, and you can just grab us a coffee and give us a pat on the back. We like pats on the back. We're like dogs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my name's Greg Newbigin. I'm Mad Capsules, as far and as wide as I can. How about you, Lucas? I'm Lucas Silvestri, and I'm Silverlight all over the interwebs. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. Massive shout out to our amazing, fantastic, um, just unstoppable community. You guys rock. I don't know where I was going with those words, but I got there eventually. So, yeah, keep on being awesome. Keep on keeping on. And thanks to Jan at Disco underscore Box on Twitter for the intro and outro. Don't forget to hit him up with photos of your nipples. I mean... Stories about how you enjoy his voice. Yes. And he will reply, because he's a good guy like that. Thank you to you for listening to yet another episode of Cephalon Squared. Who, what have we got coming up this week? I think it might be... Grendel! Grendel! Old bitey boy himself. Kirby frame. That's the one. Kirby frame. <laughs> so thank you again, and we'll see you in a couple of days with Grendel. Thank you. Bye. Bye! Bye. Thanks for listening to Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com, where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.